0: Sorry, I had to remove a cat from the microphone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was great. We actually heard him on the air. Like usually usually he stays he stays mum. That's our cold open, by the way. <laughs> everyone and uh, welcome back to endurance innovation uh it's another andrew michael show today and uh we're back at playing armchair sports psychologists uh andrew dug up a few uh recent papers about the effects of music on exercise performance and this is something that's uh probably near and dear to many of us especially anyone who has spent any time in their basements or or uh similar pain caves working away at, on the trainer or on the treadmill where music becomes not so much, a, a an accessory, but more of a necessity. And, uh, there's some real good evidence to support plugging your ears with stuff as you, uh, hammer out the intervals.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about swearing before. Um, that was, a fun conversation, but uh, just talking about the effects that uh, it, it acts as a painkiller and it acts as a distraction for you. So it got us thinking, well, what else is there? What other common methods do people use to either push through that the end of that really difficult interval or if they're looking to extend a workout that would otherwise be painful? Um, and a lot of these things end up being, I would say, fairly intuitive. You probably don't want to sit on a trainer for four hours staring at a brick wall, but um, <laughs> not my idea of fun. Maybe, maybe it provides mental strength. Maybe it's a time to meditate. Um, for me, it's a time to explore the deeper recesses of the Netflix catalog, um, (laughs) which I feel like with all the indoor riding that everyone's been doing lately, we've kind of, or at least I've kind of explored all the interesting shows that I'm interested in watching. And, uh, Kind of run out now. So, anyway, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel there for for entertainment, but um, but it does bring up the question: what you know, what goes on in our brains? How can we distract ourselves, and how can we provide better workouts? Really, um, how can we get through those intervals that that we would otherwise struggle with?
1: Absolutely, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the limiters that we face in training and in racing, and we've touched upon this in, in various episodes, are mental. A few weeks ago, Erica Gavell spoke about the um, central governor model, which uh, limits mechanical output when there are certain input criteria met and things that generally put us in an uncomfortable state of being, whether or not it's, you know, uh, muscle desaturation or, or, uh, lowered uh, lower mu- muscle pH or, um, core temperature, which is the one that we specifically were speaking about. So there's a whole host of these inputs that uh, our brain processes and then has some control over how hard we feel our exercise is being. Um, And this theory posits that, that is the that is the major limiting factor in exercise performance. So anything we can do to trick our brains to convince our brains that literally we're not going to die, that that things are okay and that there's there's still a little bit of effort left uh is is something that's worth exploring. And of course her um her study was around the use of that uh, mental mouthwash which uh again tricked our our brains into thinking that we were Cooler than
0: we perhaps were. We we went through a few papers um, looking at these effects, at least for for music and how how you can get through it. So there was um, a couple different ways that you can look at this. So there could be kind of the preparation phase before an event or before an activity. There can be the during phase, um, so listening to music while you're exercising, uh, which has some interesting limitations and implications. I'd say. Um One area that actually i hadn't even thought of, and apparently not a lot of researchers have thought of either, is uh listening during recovery. One paper did bring this up as an area that needs to be studied oh for, interesting but, um but I thought hmm that's you know like if if um having more blood flow promotes recovery, you know maybe listening to up tempo music that uh that does promote a higher heart rate or something like that could aid in recovery while you're, you're sitting down and, and relaxing after a ride. Um, so that is pure speculation on my part. There's no scientific basis for that, but, uh, but it is an interesting thought. Like, can you improve recovery by listening to music? Absolutely.
1: And there's so many, you know, we, we keep talking about this and we keep mentioning it. There's so many stones unturned and maybe this is, this
0: is one of them. So, Andrew, where do you want to start? Well, I think the, the good place to start or the, the best place to start um, is actually in a paper that looked at sedentary people and getting them exercising and using music to, uh, to motivate them and, and go through an exercise regime. So this paper, um, which was called Physical and Psychological Effects from Supervised Aerobic Music Exercise um, by Madison et al., Um, this one looked at several groups of people who led a sedentary lifestyle. So they were not previously very active. Um, doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean that they were obese or overweight, but, um, they were not, not people who would otherwise be athletes or consider themselves athletes. So these people, uh, were broken up into four different groups and one of the groups was exercising with music. So this is just aerobic exercise. Okay, And then there was a group that was exercising um, with uh, just the, the control group. So basically, you go into a studio and and exercise and just do your thing. Now, they, this was a group exercise. So there there are some psychological effects in terms of being with other people. Yes, certainly. Um, it was also a uh, very much a self-selected intensity. So it wasn't... Like they were on an ergometer or something like that, saying do seventy percent of your FTP. Um, it was just go and exercise as hard as you you feel comfortable doing. It. So there was a group leader um, at like a, basically an aerobics instructor okay. um, that would provide motivation, and they would just be allowed to exercise. So this one was pretty interesting because it actually it it almost lead, leads off as a red herring uh, because they found. Not a significant difference in terms of the the groups. Um, so there, some of the findings were basically that um, if music does motivate you, then it can be good, uh, obviously. But yeah. um, uh, but the it doesn't necessarily help you derive better or more benefits from the exercise. So um, it can help provide that motivation to get you out there and do it, but it doesn't. Like the the post exercise or the post exercise regime fitness is not necessarily better for those who exercise with music. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, so it's it's not like it uh, for this group of people and this type of exercise, it didn't particularly help with improving their fitness above and beyond what they would have done otherwise. Um, but that being said, when they're they're part of a study like this they don't necessarily have the option of, you know, it's a Tuesday morning at 6am. I don't really (laughs) want to get up. Um, like you're, you're given a time that you have to show up for the study and, and they, they complete it then. So motivation is not necessarily captured fully. Um, they can provide it as a, uh, qualitative measure after the study, like how much they enjoyed working out. And, uh, and they did find an improvement from that but in terms of the actual results that uh, that they derived from the exercise regime it was not an improvement but again this is very low intensity for people who um who are not athletes normally.
1: I think this is a really fascinating finding. I think this is a, this is a great pick Andrew because it is I don't think it's a red herring at all. I think the that even if there was no detected improvement in the you know the the efficacy or the utility of the of the exercise that the folks were doing compared to the in the music condition compared with the control condition, um I think the obvious obvious kind of big elephant in the room conclusion here is that the motivation to exercise was higher. And yes. that yeah. is such a massive stumbling block for, um, obviously, I mean, uh, it's, it's a trivial thing to say to say that sedentary people aren't motivated to exercise typically, right? Because uh, if they were motivated to exercise, they wouldn't be sedentary people. That's kind of like, you know, uh, it's, it's almost, it's almost silly to say something like that. Um, but I would say for my, and I'm speaking purely from my own personal experience, I really enjoy exercise. I often don't want to go out the door to begin the exercise or to get on the trainer. I am a serial procrastinator mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff, <laughs> even though I know full well after literally thousands of experiences with, with exercise where I'm, you know, certainly a big fan of it. Uh, I struggle sometimes to get going and I've, um, again, anecdotally N equals one for me, um, when I'm in those situations and I kind of have the presence of mind to, to put on some music, uh, that amps me up. My, probability of, uh, of beginning my bout of exercise is much higher, especially if there's no other kind of external motivation, which is the kind of where, you know, we're speaking people's language now, I think, um, with, with the lack of other external motivation with, with no races on the immediate horizon. Mm-hmm. So, um, the motivation to commence exercising, I think is hugely important, even for the serial exercise cohort for the people who are you know always doing something so um i i when you know when you were talking about the findings i kind of i had that light bulb moment like this is this is good for not just sedentary folks but for everyone
0: yeah and that's an excellent point so um thank you for for bringing that up um because i think that is one of the most important things because the the best workout is the workout you complete um yeah
1: or th- at least the one that
0: you start, right? Yes. And I, that's kind of, that's where, that's
1: where we begin. It's like, you got to get out the door, do 20 minutes. and yes. then, And then we can make some decisions after that fact.
0: Every, every journey begins with one step or something right. like that. There's some. Very profound saying that I completely botched.
1: Yeah. You don't get any, any, any training utility from workouts you don't do. It's like, it's like the perversion of the Wayne Gretzky is, you know, you miss all the shots you don't take.
0: Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um, so I think that's, that's hugely important though. And if music is your motivating factor for getting out and doing a workout, then that that's fantastic. So, um, and it's something that you should lean on whenever you need that extra motivation and find music that does provide that motivation. Um, Yeah.
1: And in those in those situations, something that I think works for me and I think it makes it makes sense based on my understanding of of the way this psychological uh, model works uh, is using music that you associate with training. Mm -hmm. Um, So something that that puts you in that in that state of mind that is familiar. and, And again, this is this would apply to people who do train quite regularly. Um, but y- listening to something that puts you in that train of mind of, uh, of training and, and hard work, uh, that would make the most sense in terms of selection.
0: You're stealing my thunder here. This is a point from one of the other papers.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, right. scratch that from the record. Now it's, Well, that use it as a segue, Andrew.
0: Well, it was the third paper I wanted to talk about. So now. Oh, uh, damn it. I uh, jumped again. Uh, okay, it's never mind. foreshadowing okay. for the third paper.
1: So, <laughs> there you go. That's the, we'll, we'll use the other, uh, the other, um, literary device. Then.
0: Yes, that's right. Uh yeah so the just the ability to get out there and enjoy your workout um I think it's great. I've personally gone through periods of time where I love working out, especially outdoor runs, um where I love having music and other times where I love just listening to the sounds around me like the wind and footfalls and things mm-hmm. like that. But in some respects that's you know it's kind of a music to me where it's that perceived you know, what you want to hear, if you want to hear nature, um, uh, maybe if you're running in Toronto, it's a little bit less harmonious, uh, versus running <laughs> out, uh, you know, a mountain trail or something like that. But, um, but I think it depends on what you want to hear and what kind of mood you're in.
1: Yeah. That's interesting that you mentioned that because I've, I found something very similar, um, and mine is not necessarily, um, related on related to time or a period in my life um, more more about my the setting of where I'm running, which is exactly what you just what you were just talking about. so if I'm doing it if I'm running trails, even if it's in the city, um, I will never use music in a, on a trail run because i I don't I just choose not to. it's not some kind of it's not a conscious decision. it's just something that I don't don't bring with me. but if I'm doing um, especially a longer run uh, through through the more urban, Uh, environment of Toronto then definitely um, especially lately I've been putting music in or podcasts depending on uh, how hard I'm working If I I find I can't absorb podcasts above a certain intensity level so if it's easy I can do it and if not I just end up playing through it and I don't have no idea what the people were talking about
0: yeah I hate that especially with. well I don't read papers when I'm running but uh, when I am reading a paper (laughs) you don't (laughs) believe it or not um, I may be a nerd (laughs) but I don't go quite that far uh, but I do find that sometimes when your mind 's not in what you 're doing or you you 've got some distraction um you know and your your mental faculties are slightly reduced you 'll be reading something, and all of a sudden you realize i haven 't taken in anything for the last little while. The same happens mm-hmm. with listening to podcasts if you 're focused on a hard interval or something like that where you finish the interval and you 've heard the words, but you haven 't processed them um, and I think that 's uh yeah it 's an interesting effect of having limited cognitive capabilities because your brain can only do so much at one time. Right. And I think it has been pretty well shown that uh, as multitasking, like humans are not well adapted to multitasking uh, because there's a certain amount of resources that uh, go towards shifting focus from one task to another. The next paper that came up was, um, this is something that I think everyone associates listening to music with especially professional athletes, is um, psychological priming. So this this paper was called Effects of Psychological Priming, Video and Music on Anaerobic Exercise Performance. And it was uh by two researchers out of London who, if you're listening, I'm really sorry about the pronunciation. Uh Loizu and Kara Kara Gorgias, Kara Georges two researchers out of London. Um, <laughs>
1: You'll be forgiven.
0: Yes. So uh, apologies for butchering that. Uh, but the the idea of priming um, is listening to music that, that puts you in the mood or gets your heart rate up or something like that before an event. Um, so if you're doing, especially if you're doing an anaerobic event, so this could be listening to listening to, to something really intense before doing a hundred meter dash or really, um, you know, it just, it gets your mind amped up, gets your heart rate in sync with everything. There's energy and it provides you something that, that triggers the proper mood or elicits the proper response that you want to see. And different people will respond differently to different music, but, um, but it's probably a good bet that most of that music falls into more of a high-intensity category for for people, rather than something that's soft and melodic and very peaceful. Um, because typically, you want to if you're listening, if you're trying to elicit a response that that is kind of a fight or flight, um, adrenaline, extra energy. Um, having something that that does provide that natural feeling from you would be beneficial, I would think.
1: Hmm. And was this, um, you mentioned this was for, uh, anaerobic activities. How do you think it applies to sort of, you know, the, the more aerobic sports that, uh, that we engage in as endurance athletes?
0: Well, my, my feeling for this is, or my, my own personal anecdote for this would be trying to finish intervals, um, where if you're doing an anaerobic interval or something above your threshold, um, it could be the difference between you getting a good workout and not getting a good workout, which as a primarily aerobic athlete in competition, you often train in the anaerobic state in order to improve your aerobic power. That's yeah, true. Um, or at least it's one way, one way of training. Um, there's different theories around that, but uh, personally, I, I, I like having these anaerobic intervals. Um and if this is what helps you get through the interval, um, again, this is maybe not, uh, it's not from the standpoint of finishing an interval, this is priming. Um, so this would be what you listened to before, but going into an interval, if you wanna get pumped up and you wanna get ready for that interval and, and just really get your, your mind in the right place, this can put your, it can bring on the mood uh, and the mindset that it that is required to push your body and push your mental faculties to their limit.
1: Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I kind of asked the question a little bit flippantly. the uh, kind of my thoughts on it were are that the metabolism doesn't matter, right if we're if we're talking about uh, kind of maximal efforts or near maximal efforts and certainly sometimes our training takes us there in uh, in interval training um, that if we're if kind of the the thinking is that music affects our perception of effort or perception of discomfort. Um, mm-hmm. then it doesn't really matter if the effort is obviously I mean you can't you can't just whitewash these conclusions and say this is absolutely happening in this other modality. But you know, you could probably stretch the conclusions a little bit and say like, look, if it really helps do a very hard sprint, it probably will have some some beneficial effect. Finishing a, a hard interval workout, as you as you mentioned, and I think we've all been there, you know, especially especially indoors with uh, with something something exciting and energetic pumping through the uh, the headphones.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were um, there were actual improvements in terms of the total power output, uh, or sorry, the mean power output and the maximal power output in these tests. Oh, cool! And um, they they were categorized as they were they were normalized, but uh, categorized as. Being significant or very significant findings uh, in the study.
1: What was the what was the test? What was the what was the activity that these folks were performing?
0: Uh, so I believe it was a Wingate test.
1: Wingate, okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, those are good times.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, they they do have the power, the mean power. Sorry, the the peak power uh, averaged across the participants. Um, as being approximately five to seven percent improved, and then the mean power is approximately the same amount as well. Okay. Um, so it it is a it's a, a measurable difference. Mm-hmm. And even if we, again, getting back to what,
1: what you know that question asks, even if you can't extrapolate the magnitude of the effect, the fact that the effect was that there's a clear signal of the effect is meaningful. And the, again, I. Uh, I'm, this is top of mind for me because I've just been editing the the last episode, the one we did on swearing. If if this <laughs> this this falls this musical intervention falls under the the category of you know shown effective, um, free uh, except for you know your Spotify membership or whatever, uh, or your CD collection, um, and uh, and pretty harmless. So I think that's that takes a bunch of boxes. Did you reference CDs? I think I did. I thought I was just trying to be funny.
0: <laughs> for our for our younger listeners out there, <laughs> should I call them compact discs? I, uh, maybe, yeah. I haven't even thought about CDs in years. Uh, <laughs> well, at least it makes me feel a little bit younger.
1: <laughs> there you go. I am. I am. What? I'm like a couple of years, maybe three years older than you. So. That's maybe that's apparently that, that's that me was the sh- tipping point. That's right. That was the uh, that's me showing my age. Uh, one of the things, and as well, as as I was scrolling through the study that you sent me, Andrew, I noticed that they included video as well as um, audio only music in their analysis and in their testing. Uh, what were the findings? about using a video or a combination of
0: video and audio? So the the video and audio actually provided the best overall result. Oh, interesting. Uh, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have necessarily expected that, but I guess it depends on on what you're watching. Like, is it something... You know, that, well, t- taking it back a step, um, watching a horror movie, for example, like if you are really getting into something, you will have a physiological response. Like your heart rate will go up and you can, well, quite often people jump in horror movies. Yeah. So no, it, it it is a bit of a leap to say that that would have you know, the same kind of effect on athletic performance, but it's not completely unprecedented. Like there is that, that indication from how your body reacts to other types of input, but, uh, having that more immersive experience is probably, if we're looking at it, uh, from the point of triggering fight or flight, um, it could be the more immersive experience provides that bigger stimulus that, that provides your, your body, the rationale or the, the belief that something is about to happen.
1: Right. There's, um, there's this, uh, there's this f- well-known, um, ITU finish. Uh, I think it was from, I want to get this right. I think it was from 2006 in Plymouth, the race in Plymouth. Uh, and it was between, let me know if you've seen this. It was between, uh, I think two Kiwis. Uh, I'm pretty sure Chris Kimmel is, a, is, is from New Zealand as well. And Bevan Dougherty, who was like kicking ass at the time,
0: mm. um,
1: and the only reason I know this is because like, uh, triathlon TV is given out a free subscription to everybody for the year. So I've been watching those where well, I was when I was riding indoors, I was watching that a lot. Um, but it's, uh, there was a video of it on YouTube. I mean, there's a bunch of them, um, set to set to music and it's set to, um, uh, it's set to Eminem and, uh, and I, I'm a fan of, and this, this is like, first of all, it's a phenomenal, uh, sprint finish. It's, uh, I, for those of you who haven't seen it, you just go and watch it and I'll put a link to it. Um, and regardless of what you think of Eminem, it's like, it's a really, you know, kind of a, uh, a, a, an amped up, uh, an amped up track and that combination, when you were started talking about combination of audio and video, that was like, that's, that's immediately the video that jumped to mind. This totally out of this world sprint finish, um, between these two guys, uh, set to this, to this tune that I really like, which whenever I, and I'm, I've seen it maybe, I don't know, several dozen times because it's, it's one of those ones where like, if I feel down, I definitely throw on, if I need some motivation, I'll definitely put on. Um, and so that would, uh, you know, that's a plus one for me for video plus music.
0: Well, again, taking a slightly different context, but looking at it in terms of motivation, if you were coming up to a finish and there was, you know, you're coming around the corner and entering a stadium where there's tens of thousands of people cheering. Like if you're sprinting pit, like step for step with someone, is that going to provide you extra motivation? And I think most people would say, yes, like that's going to make you dig deeper. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, yeah and just providing that kind of context for me that kind of that that provides some kind of rationale or some kind of real life example where i could definitely see that being an improvement
1: very cool very cool
0: yeah so that's uh that's the look at priming and i know we kind of strayed off into listening during exercise um so the uh the next one i want to talk to or talk about is uh it has one of the the same authors whose name I can't pronounce. Uh, <laughs> he's Cara, got you twice this this episode. Kara Kara Georges uh, and there's about five. I bet other it is Kara Georges. Yeah, it could be. Um, let's go with that. Uh, forgive us
1: all of our. He's he's a. Forgive us our you know our Greek listeners will have to forgive us.
0: Yes, or they can educate us.
1: Yes, even better. Actually, don't forgive us. Educate us. That's yes. oh man. That's that's so,
0: in you know. In the zeitgeist, Andrew. It is, yeah. Chapeau, my friend. So this paper, uh, it was called The Basis Experiment on Use of Music and Exercise. And it's basically a uh, kind of a, a review of different papers that have been out there and different studies that have been out there. And I, th- I thought this one was really interesting to read through because they, it's it's fairly short. Uh, it's only a few pages long, but they go over basically summarized data from other studies and summarized findings. Um, so the the first uh, and most interesting conclusion is that a lot of research prior to the mid nineties was done with almost no control. There was very little regulation in terms of the type of music that was provided or the conditions that people were listening under. So basically they said, yeah, you can kind of throw out a lot of that research. Um, so it's not great, but since the mid nineties, um, things have improved, including fashion. Um, just a complete aside there, but
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really you 're really uh, you know tossing
0: your hat outside of your ring, your ring now. <laughs> yeah if if I start commenting on fashion then that 's a strong statement <laughs> so there were a lot of good findings from from this review, and um, i think the the first and foremost one is that uh, that most people who were who were questioned or were involved in these studies reported some kind of increased motivation and that's not a surprise to me at all like when you're listening to music it often does give you that extra push that you need to to make it through a workout or make it uh like we were saying before even make it out to do a workout right there were some really neat psychological effects that came out in in some of the other uh comments that they had though and one of them was that um with lively music selections extroverts are more likely to have a response than introverts um huh. which I, yeah, I, for me, that's, that's super cool. So if I guess, um, <laughs> off air, the example I used was, you know, if you're the type that sings in the shower, then maybe you're more likely to, uh, to have that same kind of enthusiastic response to, to some kind of lively music. But I thought that's, that's pretty cool. That's not something I expected to see at all.
1: That's interesting how, you know, kind of a different, uh, I don't know if you can call extroversion a phenotype, but how different, expression of um you know of of personal preferences uh in terms of like interacting with other people affects the 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 impact of music on on exercise performance like i I never like i agree i never would have i never would have thought to go there that's it's it's fascinating that that people chose to you know try and control for for extroversion in this in these studies or at least in one of these studies that was in this um in this meta
0: yeah uh very interesting um so for me, that was kind of the the little the gem that I wasn't expecting. There were some other things that um, that were maybe a little bit more expected in terms of response. One of them you actually touched on before, and then I complained about how you stole my thunder. Was there's preconceptions <laughs> for different types of music. So mm-hmm. okay. there's certain music that you 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 expect to hear in a gym, or expect to hear in an elevator, or something like that. Elevator music is. For for most people, not going to make you <laughs> want to finish an interval uh, unless that interval lets you get out of the elevator.
1: Muzak is not performance enhancing. No, no.
0: Well, it, maybe it is, but uh, not <laughs> if you're as running away from it. Yeah, not as performance <laughs> enhancing. Yes, uh, but the the preconceptions are for me. That's kind of interesting too, because your brain is casting this. Um, this expectation out there of what the music should be under a certain circumstance. And okay. for some people that's that could be formed by education or by past experience. So club music, for example, might, might cause your heart rate to go up, something like that, um, only because you've heard it in a club. Or maybe there's a song that you have experienced something, some kind of strong emotion with. And it could be a whole range of emotions. Like I know during the Olympics, there was actually a reference to this, but uh, um, for the British uh, Olympic team in the the Sydney Olympics, Heather Small's Proud um, was a song that I would assume they've used for a lot of the advertising or a lot of the coverage and it's something that people associated with uh, an increase in motivation and so it could be that feeling of pride or that feeling of representing your country or doing something you really want to do or something that's a a stretch or some kind of motivation for you um if you associate that with music it could give you increased motivation so that's that's kind of cool uh and a great example that a lot of people can probably relate to is hearing a song like Eye of the Tiger, which from Rocky, <laughs> I mean, that was, that's like the motivation for, for Rocky. So <clears throat> there's definitely a lot of preconceptions that go along with exactly what music or what type of music you're you're actually listening to yeah and
1: i bet that uh you know we touched up on this when uh, well you touched on this a little bit when we spoke about swearing and that um there is with with swearing you found in the research that there was a a a significant cultural component um i bet that given how different different cultures how, how different the musical traditions of different cultures are um there is probably a cultural component to optimal music selection too
0: Absolutely. There's probably a whole number of variables that haven't really been fully explored simply because the body of literature is relatively small for this. And as I said before, it hasn't been properly studied uh, for much more than about 25 years. Hmm. So, um, it could be that in the coming years, uh, Kara Georges, uh, who appears to come up once or twice, he's also <laughs> referenced in a number of these other studies that he's himself referencing. Um, but, uh, I would assume that he's kind of a big name in the, in, in these kinds of studies. So maybe we'll hear more from him in the future.
1: We should, uh, get him on the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. we'll we'll have to see. Yeah.
1: Mr. Carrick Georges, if by some fluke of fate, you're listening to our show, reach <laughs> out uh, or, or we should, uh, we'll reach out to you instead.
0: Yeah, that would actually be a very interesting conversation, I think. And it ties into some of the exercise psychology that we've we've touched on before.
1: And it would start with us politely asking how to pronounce your last name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you please introduce yourself? Here's an example of Dia from Bentham.
1: <laughs> That's right. So one thing I really liked that they did in this paper, Andrew, is that they gave folks a few um, a few tips for selecting reasonable music uh, or, you know, uh, sort of like a, a sports scientist's list of best practices for Including music in your in your exercise practice. Do you want to go over some of those, just so just for our listeners' benefit? Yeah.
0: So at least a, a, a highlight of some of them, anyway. Yeah. So some of the the interesting points or the useful points I I found. To come from this was uh for the the beats per minute so it's usually fairly high so 125 to 140 beats per minute is a a pretty good range for for music or a pretty beneficial range across a wide range of intensities for for different people okay. and that was kind of across the board so anywhere from a moderate like 50 to 60 percent of maximum heart rate to um to 90 percent um so that was that was a yeah a very very common finding for a lot of these other studies. Um, the some of the other <clears throat> points that they make is having a moderate familiarity to the beat uh, is good. so something like modern jazz may not be great. um uh, it you may end up <laughs> tripping if you're trying to run along to the pace <laughs> so a little bit harder to follow. Um, but that being said, there are people who are very into it and would respond differently to it than you or I might. So it it could be the, the music of choice for some people. Um, so I did find that interesting and it, it does tie in a little bit to this other topic of, of synchronous versus asynchronous music. Um, so synchronous music is basically trying to time your exercise. So your step rate, for example, to the beat of the music and Having this beat locking or this frequency locking, um, it's actually a pretty common physical phenomenon for a number of reasons. But uh, outside of the realm of just pure physics, um, psychologically, I think it's something that people naturally do. Like if you're playing a song in a gym, most people will kind of step to that song if it's close to a walking pace. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually shown to increase the time to exhaustion, in a voluntary walking treadmill exercise by about 15%. Okay, very cool. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, for me, that was pretty neat. But um, the other side of things, the asynchronous, asynchronous music, um, it is also beneficial. So it doesn't necessarily require that your, um, your movements are coordinated with the music. So you can benefit. So say you're doing one rep max for squats or bench press, um, you can still derive a benefit from having high energy music, even though your, your contractions are at a much different pace than that.
1: That is very cool. I see no two about, um, about lyrics. What did, uh, what did these folks find about lyrics?
0: That's a good question. Maybe you would like to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Since I'm looking at the
1: point. Um, So yeah, this is, this ties in nicely into, you know, the, the, the times that we've uh, danced around things like motivational self-talk and, uh, and sort of positive, uh, positive thoughts surrounding exercise and performance um so these uh this meta-analysis found that music with lyrics with affirmations uh especially affirmations of movement uh, or generic motivation statements so things that are telling you to keep going and and step to the beat as Andrew said um those are those are also good a good idea for um uh, for selecting your your musical choice for for your training or for your racing when that is allowed
0: yeah so maybe um you don't have to take that quite as literally as like a left right left right kind of marching
1: military <laughs> there was do you remember the? do you remember the breathe in breathe out song it was like a, it was like uh man it was from the it was definitely like early or mid 90s
0: was that about the time that there's a lot oh, of Oh, i
1: think it was bush
0: oh yes 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 it was a it was a
1: bush <laughs> song that was like that was the main lyric i don't remember anything else about it but that was the so that's pro- that's probably taking this kind of uh, instructional lyrics to an extreme if you need to be rem- reminded of yes. breathing. Yes.
0: Yes, if, if if that's the level of guidance you need then we don't recommend exercise.
1: <laughs> yes, you have you have uh, more pressing medical needs I I think.
0: The the other one and this this kind of triggered something for me, something deep down and very passionate. Um but the the point that they brought up is that you should always make sure that you're using music in a way that is safe and not compromising any kind of safety or awareness of your situation. So on a treadmill, you can listen to whatever as long as the person next to you doesn't hear it. Um, But if you've got headphones cranked and you're running down even the side of a road um, or a path or something like that, there this, this just absolutely drives me insane when people are not aware of their surroundings. Um, I do understand wanting to get lost in the music, but when you're on a shared area, um, you have to be aware of what's around you. There could be a cyclist coming up behind you. There could be a car coming up behind you. Um, in Alberta, there could be a bear coming up behind you. Um, all of those (laughs) things you probably want to be aware of. Um, if not for your own safety, at least to be courteous of other people for the safety of the bear and the bear, yes. Um, no one, no one wants an encounter with a bear. So for me, I've, I've seen a number of people guilty of this, and occasionally I've been guilty myself, so I don't want to be uh, preaching from a soapbox too much. But it is something that does bother me where people, especially cyclists who are sharing the road with cars, um, I see a number of them with earbuds in where they have very little awareness of what's actually going on around them. Um, and for me, it, it becomes extremely passionate because... Cyclists um, in some cases are a little self-righteous uh, and I think a lot of car drivers would say that but um, at the same time, a lot of car drivers aren't aware, a lot of motorists aren't aware or d- don't give cyclists the respect they deserve. So it is a two-way street and if as cyclists we want to be respected on the road, we need to respect the road itself.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think for me the the, the greatest... Um transgressors here are the cyclists who, um, who are, who are operating with (laughs) impaired hearing, um, because, you know, whether or not they're sharing, uh, you know, a path with other cyclists or runners, or whether it's, it's like a rec path or, or a motorway. Um, I think they have a very high duty of care, uh, because, you know, if it's a motorway, if it's a motorway, they're really, you know, it's really their own safety. That's, that's most at stake. Um, and if they are uh, sharing the, the sharing a path with people who are moving slower than them, then it's the safety of others, which I think is even more, you know, um, a bigger deal. If if you cannot hear what's going on, um, certainly runners to some extent too, who are who are totally oblivious. There are some products out there that uh, that help with this. There's uh, uh, aftershocks is a company that that comes to mind. Um, they make a bone conduction uh headphone set of headphones I actually own a pair which my toddler just dis- destroyed because he it, that's that's the age that he's in so aftershocks, if you're listening, I hope you have a, a warranty replacement <laughs> program uh, no through no fault of your own, I liked your headphones until they got you know um uh, destructive tested by my by my two year old um
0: well that's useful test data for them, maybe. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do, does not resist toddlers. Does not yeah, is not is not toddler proof.
0: That can be part of the IP rating, <laughs> IP sixty seven, yeah, not toddlers. Right. That'd be
1: like IT ninety-nine. <laughs> um but yeah, their uh their their technology is really interesting. I mean you you definitely give up a little bit of sound quality um to hear the outside world, but I think it's a it's a small price to pay uh for you know not getting eaten by a bear.
0: Yeah, actually, I hadn't expected to talk about this at all, but I actually have a set of the Aeropex uh, headphones as well. And I absolutely love them because it does keep your ears open. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not uh, – there. there's a bit of distraction and kind of – it's kind of the – uh, the bar or club effect where, you know, everything's louder. So it takes a louder noise to make you aware, but it's not like you're actually preventing sound waves from getting into your eardrum. So the, the base stim- stimulus is there and it's not preventing you from hearing someone coming up behind you. Yeah. But I, I will say I was so surprised when I listened to them because I'd heard about the terrible sound quality in some of the early generation bone conduction headphones, but these, like, they're not, it's it's not the same as having high end over ear noise canceling headphones, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's not uh, bad.
1: I mean, look if you're yeah. if you're out there and you're running or to, or, or cycling or something or you're training, um, you're and you're listening to music. You're probably not listening to it for its high fidelity. You're look, You're listening for you know the rhythm and the beat and the not not so much for the 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 supreme clarity because that's mm-hmm. uh, you, you probably have other things in mind when you're. When you're when you're engaging in those activities
0: so I think uh, the the public service announcement portion of this is just <laughs> mentioning a few tips and tricks and and best practices for exercising
1: yeah absolutely look it's important it's important to you know we, we talk about things that that'll make you better that'll improve your training but it's important to keep in mind what sort of knock-on effects these these activities or these uh these add-ons may have to other, other aspects of your life or other qualities of your workout. So if you can't, you know, you're, you're no good to anyone if you get hit by a car because you didn't hear that car coming because you had headphones in because you were listening to your favorite jam to get your interval workout in, which you probably shouldn't be doing on a, on a motorway anyway or a busy motorway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's it's certainly important to be, like, safety's got to be paramount in, in anything that you do and, uh, and having your ears obstructed is not something that's going to improve your safety. And that's, I mean, look, that's one of the reasons, probably the, the primary reasons why headphones are not allowed in any triathlon competition. Um, I think it's, it goes without saying that that's, uh, it's its a safety concern. And then in a lot of even running events, um, I know in Canada, our, our rules are quite permissible, but, and I could totally be getting this wrong because this has been a long time since I, it kind of crossed my mind. I have never run, um, um, a U.S. Uh, event that's been ratified by their governing body. But I believe the the big races and Andrew, stop me if I'm misspeaking here or, or listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know whether or not to stop you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I believe that those races do not allow headphones either for for, for running races. At least some do not. Some do not because I have definitely seen that in, in rule books in the past.
0: I know that I have seen a number of marathons, with permissible headphones but um that that surprises me a little bit but uh it is something i've seen in the past so you're right it could be just canadian events but i i don't necessarily agree with it but also the counter argument is that in a marathon fairly early on people get separated out by their abilities and then you don't end up passing a lot of people um, or at least not at a very high rate of speed
1: you're also not sharing the road with vehicles typically typically marathon like running races are run on closed roads um, and there is no yeah and the speed factor is the important one because in a cycling race or in a triathlon bike leg if you are even if it's on a closed road and if you're at 40 to 60 kilometers an hour down a hill you know there are there's potential for very serious bodily harm even if there are no vehicles to interact with but um, yeah, we covered uh, we covered a lot. I think the music stuff is super interesting. I think you know we're probably not breaking any ground here. Uh, anyone who's been anyone who's been stuck indoors has had uh, headphones in their ears in the past and has at least you know, anecdotally appreciated the benefit of training with music, the motivational aspect, and the the perhaps the. Um, uh, rate of perceived exertion altering aspect of it. And there's there's definitely some legit uh, evidence to back that up.
0: Yeah. And I think just knowing the science helps, um, for me anyway, it just helps encourage me to do that in the future. So it's, uh, it's one thing knowing it like knowing that you're improving your uh, your cardiovascular fitness by working out doesn't necessarily make it bad to work out so mm-hmm. you know knowing that music is helpful uh, can can provide the same kind of benefit as well. So I think uh, keep doing what you're doing would be the main advice
1: Yeah and it can be a reminder to make sure you've got your you know you've got your your go-to tunes on hand when you're facing a, a daunting workout. Or even
0: just crank up the volume when you're going into a set of intervals.
1: Yeah. Smart. Cool. Um, Good place to wrap up. I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Everyone, thank you very much for listening as always. Uh, If you like the show, rate and review us on uh, iTunes. iTunes helps the most, but uh, really anywhere where you listen to the podcast. And of course, we do have our uh, Supercast page up for those of you who want to show your support and, and say hello in a more financial uh, manner and help us make the show.
0: Thanks, everyone.